Hey, y'all, welcome back to the God Centered Mom podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the podcast where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you are not alone. This is episode 194, where I chat with Jody Burnt about praying scriptures for your children. And what the Lord has really showed me over the years as I have um, grown in this practice of letting His Word shape my prayers is that the more we read the Bible and the more we let it sort of soak into our souls and and transform kind of how we think as we understand it, and the more we use it to shape those prayers, the more our requests will begin to line up with what God already wants to do because we're just breathing back to Him, praying back to Him the things that He already set in place. So it's not like we're saying, okay, I put a Bible verse on it, therefore, God, you got to do it. It's like we're saying, I'm using your word to shape how I parent, how I think, and how I pray. And those two things just work hand in hand, and it becomes really exciting. Jody is bringing the mentorship today, y'all. Oh my goodness. She is the mom of four grown children. She's also the author of lots of books, including Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, for Your Teenagers, and for Your Adult Children. And today she's going to disciple us in how to do that. How do we take God's word and turn it into a prayer specifically for our child and whatever they're going through and whatever stage they're in? And uh, I don't want this to turn into like a task to be conquered or um, a guilt thing where you feel like, I'm such a bad mom. I never pray the scriptures for my children. Nope. No, 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 no. This is a tool. This is a way to take fears, worries, attempts to control and turn them into a way to come alongside God. Because these are his kids first, and he has plans and purposes for them. And when we go to God's word, we get in line with those plans and purposes, just like Jody said. And we remember that we don't mom alone. Our ton of verses mentioned in this episode don't feel like you have to write them all down because they're in the show notes. And you can get those show notes over at GodCenteredMom.com. If you want show notes to show up in your inbox, your email, every Monday morning at 7 Central Time, you can sign up in the sidebar of uh, GodCenterMom.com, put your email address in there, and boom, you'll get show notes every week. You won't miss out on any of the resources I'm sharing with you. Okay, let's get to the goodness. I think I say so good like a thousand times in this episode, but I mean, it's God's word. It is so good. Let's get to it. Here we go. Hey, Jody, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you, Heather. I'm so excited to be with you. It's about time. I mean, I've had enough friends. <laughs> Tell me, you got to have Jody. Have you heard of Jody? And I was like, I-, I need to. I need to know Jody. We need well, to hang out. That's how I feel. Being kind of uh, an older mom, I'm not as well-versed in the podcast culture, and I can't tell you how many people, when they found out that I needed to know about that, said, you have got to listen to God-Centered Mom. So we're pretty even. Oh, well, good. Well, we're together. We're here. We're bringing some amazing uh, truth and help to the mom and dad who may be listening. But before we do that, would you take a second and introduce everyone to your family? Oh, sure. I'd love to. Well, um, let's see. I married my college sweetheart, Robbie. We met at the University of Virginia, and we have been married for, I guess, 32 years now. And we have four grown children, three girls and a boy. The boy is still in college and the girls are out. And I have two sons-in-law. So um, we got a wonderful growing household. Super fun. All right. So you're one of these moms that can help give us wisdom and perspective, which I love. I love, <laughs> I love, I love. We're all in it together, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. And you're still kind of, you're still a mom, even no matter how old your kids are. Yes, that's, that's uh, so true. You never stop being a parent. Never, never. 
Well, you have written several books. I have two books in front of me. One is titled Praying the Scriptures for Your Children, and one is Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children. Both, I mean... I think these are books you keep right by your chair where you'd have quiet time or maybe maybe in the bathroom. I don't know. No, <laughs> yes, yes. Like you're going to this is not this is not like read through once and put aside. This is a book that you keep with you and uh, just as a resource. It's so yes, helpful. I keep it on my bedside, actually. And yes, there's another yes. one praying the scriptures for your teens. And mm. when I had the children one, the children one's actually been on the side of my bed for 18 years. And it's a pretty tattered copy. And my daughter, Virginia, when she was a teenager, ran into the room one day and she saw me sitting there and I was actually praying for her. She didn't know that, but I had the book open to some prayers and she ran in the room and saw me and she said, mom, are you reading your own book. She said, <laughs> she said, that is so sad. And you can imagine a teenager, what she would think. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. Well, you believe in the power of it. That's why you didn't just write it for all of us to do, but for you to practice as well. So Absolutely. let's talk through for the mom, whether she grew up in the church or she didn't have a home that followed a faith of any kind. Why is praying the scriptures valuable and powerful? Oh, that's a great kickoff question. It really is. Um, I am a mom who did grow up praying. Um, I grew up in a home where prayer was practiced. And when I had children, um, I would pray for things like their spelling tests or if they had a fever, you know, I'd ask God to help them feel better, that kind of thing. But when they were fairly young, um, someone, and I honestly don't even remember who it was now, introduced me to the idea of using the words of the Bible to shape my prayers, to just kind of be looking there. And when I read a verse and thought it might apply to turn it into a personalized prayer for my child. And that really gave my prayer life a new depth, a new dimension. I mean, we know verses like Hebrews 4, where it says God's word is alive and active and sharp. And um, I think it's Isaiah 55, where God says, my word will not return empty, it won't return void, but will accomplish the purposes for which it's sent. So we have these handles in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that really show that God's word is something we can use in our lives and in our prayers. And when I started doing that, I felt like my prayers, number one, they got a lot more creative than please help them on their spelling test, which is a great <laughs> prayer. I'm not knocking that one. I've played it many a time. Or, or the one that we hear a lot our houses, have a great day. Yeah. 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 Have That's them have a great day. Let's have a great, day. Yeah. Have a great yeah. day. yeah. Beyond yeah. that, what's, yeah. what did you learn? Yes. But, I mean, I mean, I, an example I use a lot because it's such a good one and it was probably our theme prayer is I spent a lot of time asking God to help my kids uh, talk nice, you know, be nice to each other. Mm. And then I came upon Ephesians 4 and verse 29 there says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's helpful for building others up, that it would benefit those who listen. And that's kind of a mouthful on itself. But when I read that, I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, let no unwholesome talk come out of my kids' mouths, but only what's helpful, that it would build each other up, that it would benefit those who listen. I thought mm. that is a powerful prayer. And so that one kind of got us through a million car trips. <laughs> and would you just pray it out loud? Like if they're being unkind, like instead of correcting them, would you just pray it out loud or would you pray it under your breath instead of correcting? Like, oh, what did goodness. you do? I I probably played, prayed that one silently and out loud. And truth be told, I prayed it for myself because we as moms mm. need to know, you know, God yes. can be, help us so that no unwholesome talk comes out of our mouths, but only what will be helpful for our children and our husbands and our friends to build them up. Mm, so true. 
So, so, so true. Yeah, Yeah, but that's just an example, um, you know, when I say there's power there. And, um, you know, not to go too deep, too quick for you, but I, John, um, I think it's John 15 in verse 7, um, Jesus is looking at his disciples and he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And the first time I read that, I was like, wait a minute, that sounds a little name it, claim it. Like if we put a Bible verse on something, God has to do it because he's bound by that promise. And what the Lord has really showed me over the years as I have um, grown in this practice of letting his word shape my prayers is that the more we read the Bible and the more we let it sort of soak into our souls and and transform kind of how we think as we understand it, and the more we use it to shape those prayers, the more our requests will begin to line up with what God already wants to do, because we're just breathing back to him, praying back to him the things that he already set in place. So it's not like we're saying, okay, I put a Bible verse on it. Therefore, God, you got to do it. It's like we're saying, I'm using your word to shape how I parent, how I think, and how I pray. And those two things just work hand in hand, and it becomes really exciting. Well, it's shown in that, even that example you gave, instead of just saying kind, okay, let's look at, okay, not unwholesome to even what builds people up, like beyond yeah. just being not kind, but actually encouraging is, is what's in line with God's desire. And I think you're right. Like our, our wills get surrendered to his as we pray his word and, and we meditate on it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And the other exciting thing is that there really is not a need that we'll face in parenting that God hasn't already thought of before and provided mm. for us in his word. Um, before I wrote the first book, the one about for children, praying the scriptures for your children, um, I found myself wondering what other parents wanted God to do in their lives. You know, here I'm praying for mm. my kids to speak nice to each other. And I was praying things like um, Psalm 121 says, keep them from all harm, you know, watch over his or her, watch over their coming and going, God says in that Psalm. So I would pray that kind of thing for their protection. But I thought, wonder what other parents want. Um, so this was a long time ago before there was social media, before there were podcasts and emails and all that fancy stuff. So I just made a one question survey on a piece of paper. And I said, if you could ask God to do anything for your children, for your family life, what would it be? And I put them in our Christmas cards and I would carry them around in my purse. And if I saw you in the preschool carpool line or in the grocery store, I'd give you a survey. And I got about a hundred of them back. And you can imagine the sort of things that parents wanted. Parents wanted wisdom and compassion. They wanted their kids to have good friendships, good relationships with their siblings. They wanted health and safety and protection. They wanted salvation, kids to love the Lord and love his word. All of these things. And I thought, well, these are pretty cool. So I took the top 20 of them. And that really is what shaped the table of contents in the book with these parent felt needs. Hmm. And then I started looking them up in scripture to see, you know, what does God say about um, self-control and self-discipline? What does God say about your purpose in life, your your sense of work ethic? Um, and there were verses that applied to every one of these needs. And Mm. so that was really fun to kind of go digging through scripture to see what God said and then turn those things into prayers and then find parents. Cause if um, you've seen the book, so, you know, they're, they're really story based where I talked to different moms and dads and found out what was going on in their families and how they were praying. And so um, you read the story and then you get the prayers at the end. So helpful. And it is broken out into praying for your child's faith, character, safety, relationships, future, and multiple chapters under each. 
super helpful. I mean, I think, yes. And there are seasons where for each child we're focused or obsessed on one of these things and we feel helpless at times to make a difference. You know, if our child's struggling in a relationship and what do I need to do and how do I need to orchestrate things to make right. it better and and right. to consider perhaps we need to hit our knees and re- <laughs> pray God's word and and allow God to move and trust him and follow him. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about, like, how do our prayer concerns evolve, like, as our kids grow? Perhaps when they're young, they're focused on one thing, and then they change. Yeah, you know, and and really, as I kind of consider the spectrum of these three books, which hit the different ages of children, teens, and adults, when I wrote the children's book, I wasn't intending to write one for teenagers or for adults. I think I did the teens when I, I opened the children's book years after it was published and realized, hey, I didn't have anything in there about when they go to get their driver's license. So I had to, you know. <laughs> My goal <laughs> is Jesus comes back in the next three years before my son starts driving. Yes, that's it. That's my that's only a, request. That's, that's all I pray. wonderful parenting strategy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> or or the self-driving car. Those two. Yeah, there you go. There Those you are go. two options. There you go. Okay, yeah. Um, so you weren't thinking like you're thinking right no, then with your just, kids. Yeah, I was thinking, but I sort of kind of took a real broad brush because really every one of the 20 chapters in that book is applicable to all of our children because the character qualities we're praying about, everyone wants. Everyone wants kindness and compassion and wisdom and self-control. And then the relationship section, everyone wants their kid to have good friends and good relationships with their teachers or their siblings. The faith component, all of us want our children to love the Lord and love his word. So really, um, those are needs that are pretty universal in that book. But then you say as they evolve, um, there are things that teenagers face that, you know, my teen might be different than your teen. And same with young adults. I'm, I have uh, four grown kids now. And, you know, one of them might be dealing with a, a hard time at their job or needing a job. And I have a friend whose child is really struggling with a substance addiction. And so we all have kind of different needs. Um, you know, in, in the adult book, there are people dealing with infertility, um, dealing with needing to find a good place to live. And, you know, my friends and I laugh. Yeah, a good place to live that isn't still with us as the parents because <laughs> <laughs> we all want that. So, yeah. um, so the needs sort of become a little more specific as you mm-hmm. get older. But for the for the children's book, really, um, I think we have all we all have real common goals and, and desires for our children. It's so good. Okay, so let's talk through some of these sections for the mom listening. Give her some. You've already listed several, which I know everyone's going to want me to put in the show notes uh, the scripture you've already mentioned. But let's say for character, what's a okay. common area that? Or actually, you know what? Let's start with salvation. Okay. Or, I mean, yeah. I'm going through your book, but you, you tell me, where would you want to start? <laughs> you start where? I would start with salvation because to me, that's a great starting that, place. That, you I know, mean, I, I feel had... like at that point, then you have the Holy yeah. Spirit on your side. Absolutely. <laughs> like... And, you know, I will say too, um, a friend asked me, and this is in the epilogue of the adult book. I start with this question because a friend said, is Jesus enough? Like Mm. if your kids go through some really thorny places, and I'm talking about a thorny place for a six-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 26-year-old, but you know, if they find their way to Christ through that and in that, is that enough? And I listened to that question and I thought, ooh, I don't want to have to answer yes to that one because I don't want my kids to have to go through those rocky spots. But if that's the road God takes to bring them again, whatever age they are, I kind of have to be okay with that because you say start with salvation really at the end of the day, that's the only thing that 
matters. That's the only thing that lasts. All these other blessings that he provides in their lives are great, but they're not um, they're not the main thing. So right. I, I like love if that we you want to start with salvation. Well, if we spend all of our prayers like protection and safety and keep that thing from them and don't let this bad thing happen, and you're, what you're saying is if that bad thing is what brings them to Jesus, we right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, we've had kids that break arms. I don't want my child to break an arm, but they've learned right. a lot through it, and God's done a lot through those hard places. I mean, even yes. in my own life, we would all say we've learned most and gotten closest to God and our hardest times. So do we want to avoid suffering? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Does yeah, he yeah. use it? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's save salvation. What do we pray? What should, what scripture? Well, you know, there are, as you know, lots and lots of them. Um, yeah. I have a very basic, very favorite one out of Acts 26, verse 18. And I'll just put my eldest child's name in there, Hillary. Open Hillary's eyes, turn her from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that she will receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. And I mean, that's, again, a mouthful, but I love the little elements that are right in there in the Acts 26 verse that turn our children, Lord, from darkness to light, turn them from Satan's power to you, and give them forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith, among your children who are being made holy in Christ. Mm. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, that's a mouthful, um, but it's a good one, Acts twenty six eighteen. So, and then, you know, there's a simpler one. Um, it was one of the first ones I memorized. I remember memorizing it with my dad a million years ago. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians five seventeen. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And what a great one at any age, you know, whether you're 50 years old or five years old, if you're in Christ, you're a new yeah. creation. So we can just say, Lord, let them be a new creation. They can get rid of the old, bring on the new. Mm, that's good. When we're looking, seeing some habits that are forming or <laughs> behavior yeah. that's like, what is going on here? Yep. To trust that God is always making our kids over and they're, they're yes, not done. We're not done. That, when you when you see those behaviors, I want to encourage parents, too, that and I'm sure you've had other guests on that speak to this who are much smarter than I am on it, but every character trait or gifting that our children have, have a good side and a bad side. Like Mm -hmm. I tell in this book, there's a chapter on praying for your child's gifts. And we have our daughter, Ansley, and she was so organized as a little one. Like she would lay her clothes out before um, bed and she would put them all in the order that she was going to put them on the next morning. And this was as like a first grader. And then she would put a note on the top that said things like pull socks up to knees <laughs> just in case she forgot, you know, how the socks yeah. went. And so she'd have them all labeled and and she was that way. And then as she grew, we, she was the one that when she was a teenager and we went overseas, we gave her our passports because we're like, mm-hmm. okay, she is not going to lose them. And all that's a beautiful thing. But I will tell you, there was, and I hope Ansley isn't listening. She probably won't. But there was a um, side of her too, because she was so organized, that could be really bossy and controlling and impatient with other people who maybe weren't as on it. Yeah. And so... Um, if a parent sees a trait that they're not that excited about in their child, if your child, you know, seems um, too too slow and they get sidetracked talking to people, maybe that person's really relational and cares about people uh, more than they do about their homework. And what a beautiful thing to pray that the Lord would strengthen that gifting that cares about other people 
while also building in a diligence and a self-discipline to be able to get those jobs done. So whatever it is, don't parents, don't be discouraged when you see something um, negative cropping up. Just look at it and say, okay, God, what's the good side of that? What would you like me to nurture and pray that you flourish? And maybe where can we ask your Holy Spirit to, to tamp down some of the negative manifestations of that gift? Very good point. My husband's a strength finders coach, and that's his big thing. Is oh. Every strength has a balcony and a basement. And oh, so. that's a great word. I was looking for the right way to yes. describe it, yes. balcony and basement. That's brilliant. Yes. And so, yeah, we have one of those kiddos that's very responsible. That would be one of his top strengths. And yet, can he get frustrated when others aren't. And as adults, this happens. It looks like my husband will counsel people and he'll say, you probably, if you ask someone to do something and they don't do it, you will not ask them again (laughs) because you don't (laughs) trust them to get it done like you did before. Uh, So yeah, I think recognizing those strengths and then also giving them grace that it's going to come out in a negative way too. In a negative way. So outside of strengths, basements and when we see a lack of character and even for kids who have professed faith and we know they have the Holy Spirit in them and so Mm -hmm. you know we know God can produce that fruit in them and we're seeing some uh, ungodly character or right right character we I mean I see it in myself I see ungodly character in myself a lot of times so I don't want to be hypocritical when I talk about my kids but at the same time how can we pray for ourselves and for them, what scriptures yeah. would you point us to? Well, one of my very favorite character scripture prayers, and this one is so good for young moms because I used to pray this when I did laundry, which for me was every day. We had, you know, four <laughs> kids. We had four kids in six years, and between their soccer teams and their school and everything else, I was always in the laundry room. It became like, you know, my prayer room because I would pray Colossians three verse twelve and just say, as I'm folding load after load clothe Virginia, she's our third born, clothe Virginia with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And you know, when Paul's writing to the Colossians, he says, clothe yourself with these things. And I read that word clothe, and I was like, all right, I can do this. I can fold my laundry and pray that the Holy Spirit would clothe my children with these character traits, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so that is um, just a great all-purpose character prayer. But the other prayer that I would lay over that, and um, you know, here I say, oh, this is my favorite, but this is another favorite, and it works <laughs> for, for every age. Um, and you mentioned when we were talking before the show that we have a mutual friend in Jeannie Cunyon, and I love her book, her new book, Mom Set Free. And one of the things that Jeannie says is that we have to remember in our children's lives that we're significant but we're not sovereign. And for me, the verse that I have looked to that sort of underscores that principle is Philippians 2, 13, where God says, or where um, Paul says, it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And, you know, as a mom, I really felt for a long time that it was my job to get my kids to will and to act, you know, to think and to behave in godly ways. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be good and to think good and to do good, all these things. Um, And God said, hey, Jody, you know what? That's my job. I'm the one who works in your kids' attitudes and in their behavior. Your job and the way you get to partner with me in accomplishing these good things is through prayer. And I just love that. I love that God um, doesn't say, hey, I'm doing it alone. You don't have a part. 
And he also doesn't say, hey, mom, it's your job. I don't have a part. He says, my job is to accomplish it. Your job is to ask me for it and trust me for it. And so I love the invitation that prayer is to us to partner with God. So good. So, so good. Okay. We said, you know, ultimately we can know that God's watching over them, but protection and safety. I know when I had little kids, it was stressful, like anxiety producing. Yes. Yes. How it felt like I had three little kids that were running in different directions. And literally I feared that they would not be safe. Or if I left, like we took one trip and I left my oldest, I think with my parents and terrified that while I was gone, he would not be safe. And, And I realized I was carrying such a burden of safety from that he was only safe in my presence. Right, right. As if so then if something bad did happen, I would take all of the blame for yeah. something bad happening. So talk us through what can we pray in the safety area. Well that's you know, that's a very real fear. And I think a lot of moms um really have that anxiety that they have to watch. And you know, that's a good thing. God puts that nurturing, protective desire in moms and in dads. But if we let that um, shape us and animate our parenting, I, you know, now my kids are 22 to 28. I've got a daughter living in New York City, and I can tell you, we'll be just a basket case if we don't get to the point where we can trust God because our kids are going to be out of our reach. They'll be out of our reach physically, and there'll be times when they're out of our reach just emotionally. They might even, mm. the teenager sitting across from you at the dining room table, you might be able to physically get in touch with them, but you can't really reach into their emotions all the time. So the good thing, the first thing to remember is that God um, is on it and they're never out of his reach. And we can um, pray scriptures. We can ask him for those things. I remember um, that Psalm 91 talks about angelic protection. And I probably prayed that over my children, if not once a day, uh, several times a week. Just Psalm 91. I think it's verse 11. And you know, you're really testing my limits here as we, <laughs> when we go, when your, when your listeners go back, please forgive me. Okay. Well, I've, I've got it opened. I've got oh, one got page, one, 119. I've got um, oh. Psalm 91 right here. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want great. me to read you, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Please do. Well, and it's put a, your it, child's name in it. It's a longer one, but I will, I will read it. Um, let's see. Let Watts dwell in the shelter of the Most High and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Be his refuge, his fortress, his covering, his shield. Do not let him fear the terror of the night, nor any type of plague or sickness. Do not let any harm or disaster come near Watts. Command your angels to guard him in all his ways. Keep him from hurting himself. When he calls on you, answer him. Be with him in trouble. Deliver him and honor him. Satisfy Watts with long life and show him your salvation. Oh my wow. stars. Amen. It's powerful when you do put the child's name in there. It it really is. Yeah. And amen to that. Um, Lord, do all those things for Watts and for all our children, you yeah. know, as we are listening here. Um, that is obviously a longer prayer than um, what most of them yeah, are. Yeah, they're the usually books, like a sentence. I really like them to be little nugget prayers that people can remember and pray, or as I used to do, write them on a little index card and slip them sometimes into the kids' lunchbox or book That's bag so or leave smart. them on their bed. Um but but yeah, that so that one um, goes through the whole psalm. Of those, though, I might pull out, I think it's verse 11, where it, God says, I will give my angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. And so I would pray that over my children as mm-hmm. they were heading out the door. Just Psalm 91, 11, give your angels charge over little Robbie. He's heading out to, you know, play lacrosse. Um, guard him in all his ways and just lift him to the Lord like that and ask God, to set his angels around them. 
Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, so one other thing that brings us a lot of stress in our parenting is their relationships. And, you know, especially if we suffer from any kind of wounding or insecurity in this, we can project it onto our kids if they aren't invited or if they aren't included or we can see their their feelings are hurt. I think with girls, there's more feelings hurt. With boys, it's, you know, not getting included in the sports teams or things like that. Or So what kind – I mean, there's a lot of chapters here, a lot of prayers here. But what would you say is one area you found really helpful in this? Well, um, yeah. You know, once our kids have an identity in Christ, that really helps them mm. know they're loved. But the same thing as we, you know, same thing as at any age. Once you know how much Jesus loves you, God loves you, it helps a whole lot when yeah. you're left out. And we're all left out of different things at one time or another. Um, but one of the things I would really encourage folks to do is to begin by praying, not just that God would bring your kids friends, but that your child would be a good friend. Mm. Um, because I think a lot of times we really want that for our kids. Bring them that one friend, Lord, that person that they can, you know, really share life and faith and friendship with. And that's a great prayer. But um, I, I want to encourage folks to start by by saying shape them. And I think it's... Um, uh, Proverbs has a couple of great ones. Proverbs 17, shape my child into a friend who loves at all times. Mm. Um, or I think it's uh, Proverbs, my, this was my son's favorite, Proverbs 17, or, or 27, 17. Little Robbie loved this about the idea that um, we can be surrounded with friends who will sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. Mm. And, you know, being a little boy who loves weaponry and swords and all of those things, he just said, Mom, I want iron sharpen iron friends. And I would pray that God would make Robbie into a sharpening young man, someone who would challenge other people in good ways, um, and that he would be surrounded by friends like that, too. So uh, I think it goes both ways. We need to pray for God to give our kids good friends, but also pray that they would be good friends. You know, And you mentioned girls, and, and yeah, having raised girls and boys, it sure is different. I remember listening in on a conversation for our son, Robbie, when he had a bunch of boys over and one of them, I think it was probably Robbie said to the other kid, you know, you're like the worst baseball player I've ever seen. You can't catch it all. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to call the child's mother and it's going to be two weeks before they can play together again. And you know, the kid was pretty much like, yeah, you're right. And they went on and <laughs> I thought boys can say things and it just they doesn't bother them nearly the way girls would have needed a counselor over there. Um, but, but, um, but so like for true. girls, I love um, Proverbs, I think it's 16. And having had three girls, I prayed this a lot over them. Um, don't let them exclude their peers or participate in gossip. I think it says a perverse person stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. Mm. So I would pray, Lord, don't let my girls participate in that. Don't let them separate friends. Don't let them be pot stirrers, stirring things up. Mm. Um, and again, I could be wrong. I think it's in Proverbs 16. But um, just kind of the idea, because and frankly, that's for me too, a big temptation is I, I like to hear things. And um, it's really easy for me to want to jump in if I hear someone talking about something cause I, that I think is really interesting. But I have to stop and say, wow, is that helpful for the people? Mm. And if it's not, you know, I don't want to participate. And I don't want my girls to do that either. It's really, really good. Yeah. And they're not going to get that model. Like, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know when I say um, – you know, the culture and the show I don't think is still on. But I remember when we had teenagers, my girls loved to watch that show 
gossip girl. And I hope that your <laughs> listeners don't hang up right now or stop listening um, because they'll think I'm so bad. But I would say, you know what? You can watch that, but let's do this. Let's um, talk about it. And I would watch a couple yeah. episodes with them. And I'd say, let's watch it. And then let's talk about it. Is that how you would like to be treated? What do you think so-and-so did to encourage her friends? What do you think she did that was maybe hurtful or to bring them down? And and so for parents, a lot of times, you know, reading books or watching shows with your kids and then processing them about how would that make you feel and do you think that honors the Lord can help them begin to identify. Because if all we hear is the culture, you know, the books and the movies and the TV shows um, and the social media, if all that, if that's the only thing going in, um, we can kind of get desensitized to what might be hurtful and not beneficial because we just don't see the truth so much. So yeah. I like to process things with my kids. I am the same way. I'll expose them to things and kind of remind them, how do we see things and how does that line up? Where does it not line up? And I think those are really helpful conversations rather than saying, it's all off the table. We can't watch that at all. But yeah, and it can help us too. We, you know, we're never too old to get those reminders. Yes. 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 Oh, also helpful, Jody. (laughs) Oh, my stars. Okay. So my last question would be, um, you mentioned praying while you were doing laundry and that you had it by your bedside table. What tips would you have for a mom so she doesn't add bricks and feel like I'm such a bad mom because I don't pray scripture for my kids? Like, oh my God. You know, this okay, happens let me just because free everybody up from that <laughs> and tell you what our, I'll tell you what our family devotions looked like, okay? Because okay. I'd heard we should have family devotions. Should. I was, should. You know, I had these, yeah, had these young kids. And oh my goodness. Okay. We lived on a cul de sac. The bus would come up the street, and I knew it would have to turn around before it came back and hit us, uh, you know, on the way back to pick up the kids. And so we would hear the gear change, you know, coming up, and we would yell, bus. And that was the signal for every kid to try to find their shoe or their backpack or whatever and meet at the front door. And so literally, if you could have been a hidden camera watching our family devotions, it would be, you know, Lord, let these kids walk with you today. Let them be a blessing. Bye. (laughs) Or it would be, um, you know, put your angels in charge over them today, Lord, guard them in all their ways. And bye. And they, (laughs) but, but what it does, even the simplest little minute like that, can set an example for your kids that you are turning to God and trusting God. And, you know, Lord willing, we'll be able as our kids grow. um, And it's not such a burden when they can begin to get find their own shoes and that kind of thing. Um, We can have a little bit more time. But I don't want any mom to be listening and beating herself up because those little arrow prayers of just throwing one up. um, I, I remember talking to an older mom when I was young and I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And she said, you know what, Jody? Pray just while you're walking with your children in the stroller. Pray while you're cleaning the toilets. And I thought, okay, you know what? In the Old Testament, New Testament, you know, whenever it was, the people's prayers would go up to God like incense. And I'd be like sitting over my toilet using the Lysol going, this smells. And I know that this is maybe not the same kind of incense, but I'm going to pray while I'm cleaning. And I'm just going to trust that somehow this is a smell going up to God. And hopefully he'll get my prayers and not the Lysol smell. But, you know, you just do it how you can do it. And if you tell yourself, I've got to get away to have my own, um, you know, deep, quiet time for half an hour, an hour with my journal and my, and my Bible. I mean, I, I would say that's great and aspire to that. I'm not knocking that at all. We all need those times. But if we think that has to happen in order for our prayers to count or be effective, then, you know, we're fooling ourselves. We got to do it as part of our parenting lives. And sometimes that's messy. And I'm thinking just cause I'm 
so visual and, you know, if a mom isn't quite have it memorized yet, I mean, it's definitely a note card kind of thing taped Huge above the kind of sink and the kitchen yep. or in a cabinet. I've had it where that's right in the cabinet. So when I open it right. to get out a plate for breakfast or lunch or dinner, anytime I'm feeding all the people all the time, um, it's right there in my face and switching them out because I've found even when I do put the post, the note cards up, I stop seeing them <laughs> over yeah, time. Absolutely. But absolutely. I think it, it go through this book, find the ones that, you know, in this season, your kids need or you need to have more peace in parenting your kids and realizing you do not mom alone. You have God who is their parent first and turn to him with all these things that weigh us down. And we had mentioned husbands love this. Husbands love. Yeah, because it's so practical. You know, they don't have to go through the stories and read all that stuff. They can just flip to the end of the chapter on, you know, relationships with your teachers and stick the child's name in and they prayed it. And so it's so doable. But I love that you said you're not in it alone. Mm-hmm. Because um, for me, that was such a big thing. I got tired um, physically. I got tired emotionally. There were literally times, and I'm not proud of this, when I would just say, you know, I can't even pray about that anymore. Because change doesn't happen in our kids' lives overnight. Mm-hmm. There can be things we're praying about for years. And I tell stories of those in some of my books. Um, but to have another mom who'll come alongside you and say, you know what, I'll pray for Virginia. I'll pray for Robbie. I know you're weary. Let me lift them up for you on your behalf. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing. And we see, you know, that story in, I think, in uh, maybe Exodus, it's where Moses is looking out over the battlefield and yes. the Israelites are fighting their enemies and his arms are getting tired and they're falling down and Aaron and her come alongside him and they lift up his arms. And so as long as they're standing there lifting him up, the Israelites win and they do it all day long. And I thought, golly, we all need the errands and the hers in our lives to lift us up and pray for our kids when we get kind of weary or discouraged. And you and I were talking, this would be a great, like, at the podcast clubs when y'all meet, you know, yes, let, discuss a podcast club, but take a second and and just mention one of these prayers that you could maybe swap and pray for each other's kids or take time to pray right then. Um, I love that. I've had that with yeah. friends where I'm like, I'm tired of praying for this and she's tired of praying for her things. So we swap requests right? so we can stop right. having to and pray. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you can, you can feel more hope and more yes. faith sometimes praying for someone else's yes. child because you're not in it. Your emotions are, are not so wrapped up. And it's much easier sometimes for me to pray for Watts. You know, I'm going to pray God's angelic protection all over him right. to release you from that because I can believe for that. So Yeah, that's so good. And then what about when we, prayers are not answered? Take a little bit. Did that happen? (laughs) Which I've always told my kids, they're all answered. They're just not answered in the way that we would like some, you know. Yes. Oh, and that is so true. That is so true. Um, I think I read a Tim Keller tweet, and I'm going to get it wrong, but he's so wise. I, I, you know, I just don't want to, I hope he'll forgive me for messing it up. But he said something like, if you say, you know, I believed in God, I trusted in God, I prayed, and God didn't come through. Um, you didn't trust God. You trusted your agenda. Mm-hmm. Or you trusted God to meet your agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think, golly, does that ever happen to me? And I, I tell the story um, in the book, of Praying the Scriptures for Your Adult Children, where God really had to take me to task. And he did it, as he always does, in a very loving way. There wasn't condemnation, but I knew he was right. When he said, Jody, you know, you're not trusting in me. You're trusting in an outcome. 
And I was hanging my joy and my satisfaction on God doing um, what I wanted him to do, mm. where um, we know that he's a loving God who knows our needs. He knows our kids' needs better than we know them. And so when we lift our children to him and surrender them to him, he's going to do for them and give them what he knows they need. It might not be, it won't be probably necessarily in the timing or in the ways that we would have ordained. But um, what is it? Isaiah 55, God says, my ways are higher, my ways are better. And when we come to believe that, that can really bring peace to our lives. When we say, hey, you didn't answer that. Um, he can say, you know, I'm still writing their stories. And, you know, I've got kids 22 to 28. God is still writing their stories. Um, not everything has gone like I would have asked or intended but I can see his hand in their lives and I can see things he's done that are above and beyond anything I could have asked for. Yes. So true. Let's play that on repeat. <laughs> on our down days. Let's remember Jody's words. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jody, where yes, can and go ahead. Well, let me tell you just one more little yeah, thing please. too, because I have so many young mom friends in our church and one of them came up to me recently and she said, Thank you so much for these books because I didn't grow up in a home where prayer was modeled. And she said, and to be honest, I feel a little bit awkward um, even praying out loud because that's something that in my uh, experience was kind of done by the minister or or even by varsity Christians, you know, the really holy people. Mm. Um, and she said, but I don't want my kids to grow up approaching prayer that way. So I'm trying to model it for them. And she said, and I'll get the book and I'll go to the back of the chapter and I just grab my kids and we pray it together. And then this really excited me because she said, they're starting now to get their friends and they're saying, mom, can we pray for Dean? Can we pray for Charlie? And they'll pick a verse and they'll put their friend's name right in there. Mm. And they're praying the scriptures, these little six and seven year olds. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful and in my way, unintended consequence of these books, making it so simple as to let a young child be able to say, I'm going to pray God's word simply by putting my classmate's name right into the blank. Mm. Love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. God's so good. Oh, and yeah, all of it. All of it. I love the dads getting involved, the kids praying, we're praying. I mean, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. There's yeah. so much time and energy I spent doing things, uh, hoping for good to come from my efforts where I could be surrendering and praying and allowing God to use his infinite wisdom and strength towards what I'm stressing over. So thank Amen. you for writing these books. Where can people find you online? They can go to jodyburnt.com. Very simple, um, jodyburnt.com. And there, um, there's a bunch of tabs, just like on every website. My favorite one I would direct people to is resources, because if they click on that, they'll be able to download printable prayer cards so they don't even have to write them out oh, on the index card. Nice. There's already some there, so you can print them and put them on your refrigerator or your dashboard, wherever you want. Um, as well as other prayer helps and videos. And there's a study guide now that goes with the adult book. So all that stuff is already there for folks under resources. So yeah, jodyburnt.com. Huge, huge help. Thank you, Jody, Aww, so, you. so much. And I oh, I know the fruit of your labor. It's just amazing. We'll never know till you get to heaven, but really, really wow. honored to be chatting with you and so encouraged. 
Well, you encourage me and you encourage so many. And as I say, I don't understand how podcasts work. <laughs> I'm impressed that you can figure it out. And I just think what a huge blessing the whole concept is. So thank you for mastering yes. that and well, letting folks know. I love listening to you. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for helpful friends. That's really <laughs> <laughs> friends willing to help me out that's the key that's the key okay well y'all you have a great day i'll talk soon thank you okay. you do the same lord bless all right bye-bye okay are you on board you're not going to be guilted you're not going to make this like a task to conquer but maybe you'll be inspired pick one verse go to jody's site click that resource button i know i just did and i printed off some of the scripture cards i'm going to pick one for each boy that's what I'm going to start doing. I've been really inspired. You know, Christy Wright came on the show a few weeks ago, and I watched one of her Facebook videos, and she was talking about her New Year's resolutions or her goals for the year were going to be really simple. Like, instead of being ridiculous, she was going to start small. And I've been inspired by them. Like, instead of working out three to four times a week, one time. If I get to the gym, one time. That's better than what it's been, which is zero times. If I can read one book in a month. That's better than what's happening where I like start and read one page <laughs> in a month. Uh, if y'all, you know, you understand what I'm saying. So I'm gonna pick one verse for each kid and I'm going to focus in on an area that uh, I've just been trying in my efforts to nag or use words or consequences or sometimes anger to try to shape and form. And I'm going to turn it over to God and surrender it to him and see what he does and how he uses other people in our life to help my child in that area and just kind of even surrender the outcome. It may not turn out how I'd like or in my limitedness, I think it should work out. But God in his vastness has a trajectory for each of my kids and it may involve some hard things and I need to let my kids walk through hard places. And join me for the next episode 195. I am releasing a live interview I did with my friend Jay and Cheryl Scruggs. She and her husband have a book and a ministry uh, for marriages. Jay and Cheryl bravely share all that God's walked them through in their marriages. It's going to be an encouragement to all of us and a reminder of what is important and who God is. You don't want to miss it. All right. Y'all have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.